Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit the website johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com, and when you go there, get a copy of On the Town. You can subscribe weekly. It comes out, and you can find out some of the highlights of what's going on. On the Paradise Coast, which of course is not much considering the pandemic that we're going through right now. We have a great guest for today's show, including William Yateman. He is a uh, research fellow at the Cato Institute. We'll visit with uh, Nancy Lashide. She is the co-founder of the Neighborhood Health Clinic. Look forward to our visit with, uh, with Nancy. Also, Sharon Kenny, the author of Where Should We Eat, will be joining us. And Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. It is April the 10th, Good Friday, uh, third day of Passover. Anyhow, and on this day in 1942, the day after the surrender of the main Philippine island of Luzon to the Japanese, the 75,000 Filipino and American troops captured on Bataan Peninsula began uh, a forced march to a prison camp near uh, Kabatatuan. During the infamous trek known as the Bataan Death March, the prisoners were forced to march 85 miles in six days with only one meal of rice during the entire journey, not per day, during the entire journey. By the end of the march, which was punctuated with atrocities committed by the Japanese guards, hundreds of Americans and many more Filipinos had died. In the Philippines, homage is paid to the victims of the Bataan Death March every April on Bataan Day, a national holiday that sees large groups of Filipinos solemnly rewalking parts of the death march, uh, death route. <clears throat> it's also a Good Friday, a Christian holiday commemorating the crucifixion of Jesus and his death on Calvary before, of course, his uh, rising on uh, Easter Sunday. It's also the third day of Passover for Jews. Passover, commemora uh, Passover commemorates God's liberating of Jews from slavery in ancient Egypt and Moses leading them to their freedom as a nation. The festival name comes from the belief that God's Passover, the Jewish homes when killing the Egyptian firstborns, is a story of Exodus. Ramadan's coming up later in the month also, but this is a time of holy time and of prayer. Over the holy day and weekend, please join us in prayer that the present pandemic may be controlled, caregivers are protected, the economy is strengthened and life is normalized here around the globe and our president and leaders will be guided and, and sustained during this crisis. You may remember we had Doug Lewis on yesterday, bishop in the Church of the Latter-day Saints, uh, saying they're also going to be joining not only in prayer but fast. Uh, good time to pray for these four important points. Well, U.S. equity markets rallied yesterday after the Federal Reserve's plan to provide $2.3 trillion in lending to households and businesses overshadowed a surge of jobless claims. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 285 points yesterday, 1.22%, narrowly missing gains that would have registered the uh, index's best week since 1938. The S&P 500 and NASDAQ were up about 1.45%, respectively. U.S. financial markets had closed today in observance of Good Friday. 
The benchmark S&P 500 on Wednesday exited its bear market that began on March the 12th, making it the second shortest in history. Additionally, White House advisor Larry Kudlow said that to plan to reopen the economy in four to eight weeks remains on track. <clears throat> Thursday's games were hampered by jobless initial jobless claims of 6.6 million folks uh, outpacing the 5.25 million the economists surveyed uh, thought they were expecting. The report raises the number of first-time filings to 16.6 million and disruptions, including factory idlings and store closings caused by COVID-19, a real pandemic. Uh, I was pleased to see this. Attorney General William Barr Wednesday called the restrictions in, in effect in many states to mitigate the spread of the coronavirus draconian and said they should be revisited next month. Uh, he was on Laura Ingram's show and he was asked about the, the balance between religi religious freedoms and the need to protect people from the coronavirus with restrictions like stay-at-home orders. Barr said the federal government would be keeping a careful eye on states using broad powers to regulate the lives of their citizens. Officials, Barr said, should be very careful to make sure that the draconian measures that are being adopted are fully justified and they are not alternative ways of protecting people. So he's saying let's look out for individual rights and freedom. That's very important. I'm so happy he's, that this has been worrying me a lot, so I'm happy he's on top of it. Uh, but the Attorney General did say, given where things are stood with the virus in March, he believes President Donald Trump made the right decision in issuing strict social distancing guidelines. I think the President has made the right decisions for the right reasons, he said. After the 30-day surrender of the Trump's administration coronavirus mitigation measures elapsed at the end of April, he said, I think we have to allow people to adapt more than we have and not just tell people to go home and hide under the bed but allow them to use their other ways, social distancing and other means to protect themselves. So he's saying, look, people can make decisions for themselves within certain boundaries. Be careful about directing people's activities. So important. Thank you, Attorney General Barr. President Donald Trump is planning to launch a second coronavirus task force that uh, focuses on the economic devastation caused by the pandemic. Uh, the second task force will include Trump's new chief of staff, Mark Meadows, along with Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin and National Economic Council Advisor Director Larry Kudlow. Trump could announce the task force soon, as this week the Washington Post first reported on the task force. Earlier this week, conservative ec economist Stephen Moore said, well, we could spiral into a depression if we don't be careful. The idea here that... <clears throat> would be a commission that would have to be report back to the president, I think, in no longer than three weeks, Moore added Monday, adding that he speaks with top administration officials almost every day. The idea would be getting leading authorities, world-renowned business people, economists, experts to come up with ideas about steps that could be taken to reopen the economy. Moore added, I think that's uh, being envisioned as, uh, as a totally independent group that wouldn't be funded and organized by a presidential commission, but instead would be more informal and able to work more quickly and efficiently. Moore suggested the conservative economist Art Laffer, I remember the Laffer Curve, who recently received a Presidential Medal of Freedom from Trump, be tapped to lead the commission. But in recent days, I think Mark Meadows has been held up, emerged as the one who might lead uh, the new chief of staff for President Trump.
Vice President uh, Mike Pence's office is barring top public health officials from appearing on CNN until the news network agrees to air the White House's daily coronavirus briefings in its entirety. Uh, CNN has offered often airs only the first portion of the daily briefings live, and then part is typically led by President Trump before returning to their news anchors during the second half of the briefing. Only after Trump has finished speaking, taking questions from the press, and calling for various experts to come up to the lectern, do Pence and other top officials uh, make their uh, announcements and uh, answer questions. Health officials like Deborah Burks. And Anthony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, are typically part of the second portion of the briefing. So uh, I think that's great. I mean, CNN should be called out because they're not reporting the news. They are definitely uh, foils for the president's agenda. In, in Collier County, on March the 3rd, we started with three coronavirus cases. We now have 303 that have, that have tested positive for the coronavirus. Um, good news, uh, US, uh, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has been moved out of intensive care in the London hospital where he's been battling coronavirus. Uh, so they're going to avoid the constitutional uh, crisis that would have led if, if something had happened to Boris Johnson. So pleased that he's becoming more healthy, although he still has symptoms. Democrats blocked an urgent small business relief package Thursday after Republicans ignored their demand to double the funding and increase the scope of the legislation. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell responded to a request from Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, hoped to pass a bill quickly to replenish a small business aid program with the infusion of $250 billion in federal funding, but Democrats blocked the Kentucky Republicans' unanimous consent request to pass the measure out of the Senate and propose their own $500 billion measure. The Democrats' or, uh, leadership has suggested they may hold Americans' paycheck hostage until we pass another sweeping bill that spends a half a trillion dollars doubling down on the number of parts of the CARES Act, including parts that haven't even started to work yet. The country cannot afford more wrangling on political maneuvering. This is There is zero chance the spalling proposal Democrats suggested towards the, could get passed by either chamber or by unanimous consent this week. No chance, McConnell said. Democrats said the bill fell short of providing adequate funding for hospitals and state and local governments. The bill also ignored their demands that the Treasury Department set aside half the small business money for groups that have traditionally had difficult obtaining loans. <laughs> These people just don't understand economics. That's the problem. Here's Senator Ben Cardin, a top Democrat from Maryland who uh, serves on the Senate Small Business Panel, introduced the Democratic proposal, which doubles the spending to $500 billion and dedicates $100 billion to health care facilities, plus another $250 billion to state and local governments. It would waive work requirements for food stamps and increase food stamp benefits. Now, you may be aware I serve on the board of the Foundation for Government Accountability. This just absolutely tries to negate the hard work that we're doing to get people off of welfare and back to work. The Democratic bill would set aside half of the small business spending to smaller community-based leaders. Uh, that's a no-go. And in any event, uh, hopefully uh, McConnell will stand firm on this and we'll just wait him out. Let's let this first phase, this first tranche of $2.2 trillion work, and hopefully the Democrats will come around on this.
This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infant luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. Okay, coming up, we're going to visit with William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards with six full productions this so I apologize inter uh, interrupting this break, but I found that I had the wrong phone number for William Yateman, so I'm going to see if I can't uh, improve the situation a little bit. Yes, uh, no, I don't. I don't understand why that's not working. Anyhow, uh, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show in just a moment. Let me see if I can start this commercial where we uh, left off. Uh, well, why don't I just continue the show then? Um, so uh, where we are right now is the conservative Republican congressional candidate Byron Donalds announced that his campaign raised over $335,000 from more than 3,000 individual donors. This is a big first quarter for the campaign. It is just the first step towards having the resources to ensure voters know Donalds is the proven constitutional conservative in the race. Now, there are several, I'm sure, very qualified candidates, but Byron Donalds is the candidate I'm supporting. I've known Byron for so many years and his wife Erica, of course, who heads up the Optima Education Foundation. Uh, I serve proudly on her board. So I'm uh, humbled, he says, by the outpouring of support for the thousands of donors joining me at my campaign in this challenging time and calling on all media outlets to host broadcasted debates and I challenge my opponents to do the same. It's important that Republican primary voters in Southwest Florida get a chance to hear from all the candidates about our vision for America, said uh, Byron. Whether it's on protecting our Second Amendment rights, supporting President Donald Trump, or defending our conservative values, voters deserve the strongest conservative fighter in Congress, and that's why I'm running. Like we all uh, saw from the Bloomberg disaster, being rich and spending money is not enough. When the time comes to battle the Democrats, you can't hide behind 30-second ads and mailers. Voters need to know who is prepared to lead in Washington, and there's no question that I am ready, said Byron. He certainly is. 
I envision Byron, when he's serving in Congress, to be like Mark Meadows, one of the guys that's being featured on the media outlets. He is uh, articulate. He is strong. He is principled. He's a conservative champion for Southwest Florida's proven record of banning sanctuary cities, fighting for taxpayers, and defending our constitutional rights. Raised by a single mom, Byron Donald learned that anyone can achieve the American dream with hard work. He's worked in the finance, insurance, and banking industries in Southwest Florida. He's also currently a partner in a local financial firm and as a state legislator. Byron fought to clean our water, protect our seniors, expand school choice, and enact criminal justice reform. He lives in Naples and uh, Florida with his wife Erica and their three sons. I just encourage you to support Byron. Now, you can find out more by visiting his website, byrondonalds.com. And when you're doing that, uh, make a contribution. Again, money being the mother milk of politics. Byron's a good one and uh, currently serves as our state representative. Uh, I'd like to see him in Congress. I hope uh, you'll consider him as the candidate you'll vote for. Well, a wall of federal regulations has jammed the brakes on President Trump's efforts to react swiftly to the coronavirus pandemic, prompting new calls for a full house cleaning of the hurdles as part of the next stimulus package now being developed in Congress. A new list shows at least 30 rules and regulations have helped to slow down President Trump's war on the virus, such as burdensome testing required of promising cures and in some cases help to spread it, such as uh, bans on disposable bags that encourage repeated use of the dirty reusable ones. My, many regulations have proven to hinder or delay appropriate policies and responses. Other regulations are making things worse when they otherwise would be. In many cases, it's now clear that these regulations were never needed or that whatever justification they once had are being superseded, said a new report from the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Terrific organization, by the way. They do great work. Enlisting the regulations trying the government's hands, the group has started a new never-needed campaign to kill off rules blocking the administration's efforts to slow the spread of the virus. The 13-page report identifies never-needed regulations lawmakers should get rid of so the private sector can do what it does best, provide people with goods and services they now need more than ever, said the influential group. It also urges Congress and Trump, President Trump, to move faster on his successful efforts so uh, to kill two or three regulations for every new one implemented and calls for a commission similar to the, those based on the closing commission to target and eliminate problem rules. Key among them, Food and Drug Administration demands for years of testing and promising drugs. The president, for example, has touted uh, hydrochloric, hydrochloroquine in the coronavirus fight, but it hasn't been approved yet by the FDA for antiviral use. It also calls for the lifting of tariffs that would slow the importation of uh, key equipment for consumers, CIA, uh, Competitive Enterprise Institute, CEI, said that interest, uh, internet taxes should be eliminated as more people are forced to shop from home during stay-at-home orders. And it calls for the repeal of plastic bag bans, which uh, force consumers to use dirty and potentially contaminated reusable bags. Now, this is so important. And uh, quite frankly, uh, during an epidemic like this, you can see the regulations that uh, it's kind of like walking around in saltwater taffy. You just gums things up and things just don't get done the way they should. A task force to take a look at all regulations I think would be great, not only on the federal level, but on a state level as well. The governor's doing a great job of eliminating unnecessary 
regulations. He called it a regulathon or something to that effect early on in his administration, but there's still more to be done. Certainly the area of uh, law enforcement reform or uh, legal reform, tort reform, uh, so many things that can, for example, right now it still takes five years for somebody to become an interior designer. Uh, you have to... <laughs> You have to be apprenticed for five years. This, these, most of these rules just serve to uh, keep the people that are currently have the power in the job or that sector to keep their jobs without new people coming in to compete with them. It's anti-competitive. So uh, I'm sure the intent it was sold to us by uh, to protect consumers, but it does anything but. And uh, I would love to see uh, something like that. And by the way, nearly a third of U.S. apartment renters didn't pay any of their April rent during the first week of the month, according to new data released. Uh, the numbers are the first hard look at how many Americans are struggling to make rent during the coronavirus pa uh, pandemic. So uh, this just one small indicator of the difficulty people are having now. We need to get this money into circulation. And apparently the checks uh, from the $2.2 trillion uh, uh, stimulus program, it's not really a stimulus program, it's really a response to the uh, pandemic, they should be arriving in homes uh, next week. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting uh, with Nancy Lashide. She is the co-founder of the Neighborhood Health Clinic. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, Blue Provence offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. During the governor's stay-at-home notice, Blue Provence is offering pick-up curbside takeout options five nights a week, Tuesday through Saturday. To place an order, just call 261-8239 Tuesday through Saturday from 4 to 7 p.m. A 20% discount will be applied on all food orders during these unprecedented times. Compliment your order with amazing wines from the Blue Provence Retail Wine Store, offering amazing choice and value. Blue Provence Wine Store is open Monday to Saturday, 9 to 12 p.m., and has one of the most eclectic and fun wine cellars, offering 10% off cases. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did.
to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. I proudly serve on the board. Of course, that's after the pandemic. But find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Sharon Kenny. She's the author of Where Should We Eat? Right now we have with us Nancy Lashide. Nancy Lashide is the co-founder of the Neighborhood Health Clinic, a terrific organization here on the Paradise Coast. I'm sure uh, facing some real obstacles considering what's going on with this pandemic. Uh, Nancy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting us. Uh, uh, My pleasure indeed. So tell us about the Neighborhood Health Clinic. Well, we're operational uh, more than 20 years. Uh, We are a private clinic. We function with all volunteers and with private philanthropy. We are not a government agency. Um, we see. We initially saw patients with urgent and episodic care, but now we've evolved into a chronic care management. And our patients have to be low income, at or below 200% of the federal poverty level. They must prove to us that they're working. Resident of Collier County. And, uh, and ill. We are not a wellness clinic. When they come to us, they need medical attention. Um, as far as our, their occupations are concerned, the majority of them are in the service industry. And in mentioning that, it's very clear to everyone listening the impact that this uh, pandemic has had on that industry. It's, you know, I'll tell you, Bob, when they come to get their medicines and to see us daily and we are still operational, the anxiety in their faces oh. and their eyes, is, it's heartbreaking. Um, yeah. We need to assure them daily that I'm sorry about your job situation, but we're not going anywhere. We're going to continue to be open. We're going to continue to take care of you. Um, we have a relationship with you, and we're going forward. Oh, well, and I'm sure that's such a relief to them because, you, as you pointed out, the services you provide are people that are working, and many people, well, uh, 13, 15 million folks are out of, out of work right now across the country and certainly here on the Paradise Coast. So you're going to continue the service to them when we get through this process. Exactly. Uh, we will not be accepting new patients right now, but mm. we will change that once we get through this crisis. Uh, we are seeing patients for their medications. You know, it's interesting. We did have protocol for hurricanes, floods, fires, and so forth. We were not prepared for this. But the good news is that the protocols that we had were very solid, and we could capitalize on those. So in February, we were revising weekly, in March, daily, and now it's hourly. Um, We meet our, our two focuses, Bob, are patient care. That's number one. And second, uh, staff safety. We meet uh, at 9 o'clock every morning with staff. We review the day. Um, And then at the end of the day, we review again how did it go and what are we anticipating tomorrow. But um, we're dispensing medications in the parking lot. We've had, uh, we've taught our staff uh, with videos and uh, and personal uh, conversations about people 
PPEs, which is personal protective equipment. Uh, we supply that. And that brings up an important thing. Um, how are we on supplies? Because you read about that or hear about that all the time. We're fine. We have a strong re- relationship with AmeriCares and uh, Direct Relief, and um, we work through the Florida Association of Charity Clinics, which we are on their board of directors, and through the national group. So we're, we're on the middle of the road, and we're going forward, and um, I feel confident that, um, that we can continue the quality of care that we've had. As far as physicians are concerned, uh, Dr. Tober is our chief medical officer, so that tells you a lot. It certainly um, does. And we have a list of physicians who obviously are all volunteers, too. And um, we are use, utilizing social media as far as contact with the patients um, and, and contact with the physicians, and they will come in to see them. That's just amazing. And I, I wanted to uh, just underscore what you just said, because the majority of people, I want to say almost all doctors and nurses and uh, our volunteers, they're taking their own time in order to serve these people. So uh, as I read, I think I think you've got like one uh, more than less than 10 percent of the uh, money that comes in is actually spent on administration and stuff. And the rest of it goes actually to uh, taking care of patients. That's exactly right. Ninety cents of every dollar that comes to the clinic goes directly to patient care. The clinic uh, concept has won awards both state and nationally because it is a creative idea, and it's working. Um, And I will say that I feel it's germane in many ways to this community. Um, As I mentioned, our patients are primarily service industry, and the people who understand the quality of their life that they enjoy in this town is a result of the work that our patients are doing. Yeah, absolutely. I, in my view, when we talk about t- health care for the poor and indigent and that kind of thing, I think the uh, neighborhood health clinic could be a template for the entire nation. I think there should be something like this in every community <laughs> in the nation. And it, 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 I mean, I don't know if you agree with that, but I think that it is just absolutely unbelievable what you're able to accomplish in the community. Well, thank you for those compliments. Uh, we do hear uh, about a couple times a month um, from clinics around the country or people who want to do something like this. Uh, we've also had their boards of directors and their leadership teams come and spend time with us. Um, and again, I go back to how special this community is and how generous they are and that they understand the concept and that we are a private clinic. We have a 19-member board, and everybody on that board is a leadership person in this community within their own professions. Um, it, you know, they stepped up to the plate and right. said, yeah, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, doing absolutely God's work, there's no question about that, doing great work. <laughs> and I, I, I must, uh, just going back, uh, Nancy and Bill, her husband, a retired medical doctor, decided they wanted to do something for the community, if I remember the story correctly, Nancy. And uh, they started this back in the 90s, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, we did. Yeah. We did. 
Actually, the story is kind of legendary but true. We wrote the plan the first day of our retirement, the two of us sitting at our kitchen table. And it was one page, and that's the plan we still use now. We stay true to the mission. This is about the patient. We're there for the patient. Yeah, unbelievable story. Well, actually, it just I just uh, really admire the work that you're doing. Now, how can, Thank you know, if all, all of us, I think, are taking a look at our 401ks, look at our financial situation. <laughs> it's, it's a little different, difficult right now, but I think keeping that in mind, though, with the great work that you do, how can we support you? Well, we appreciate the fact that uh, people who know patients that would qualify, that they would refer them to us. We're there to take care of them. Uh, obviously, we have a budget, and we are a 501c3, and as I mentioned, 90 cents goes directly to patient care. So financial support is needed, particularly going into this crisis with all the unknowns and things that we've had to add to our protocol to deliver quality of care. Um, we're not going away. Uh, we are going to continue. We have a strong leadership with our development committee and our board and our administration. So um, we're there. So I would just want the clinic, I want the community, number one, to know financially we need your help, and number two, that if you know patients that need the kind of care and if we deliver excellent care. Let me mention one other thing. Sure. Um, we have a wonderful relationship now with Naples Community Hospital, and we had a conversation with Mr. Hiltz, the CEO, when this all started, and it's been a good give and take. We also have a strong relationship with other charities in the community, and particularly with St. Matthew's. We are their health care provider. That is outstanding. And, of course, that's important to know because uh, there are some things, for example, the clinic obviously can't take care of, and you need to be able to pass, uh, have consistent care for everybody that comes to you. And I, I guess NCH is kind of your backup? It is. It is. And, um, and it's been a positive relationship. Uh, Mr. Hiltz has been to the clinic a couple of times earlier on. So we all understand each other. We know what we can do and how we can help each other. And that's, that's been very important. Um, so we've, we've spent a lot of time uh, with uh, training our, we have a small staff of 13, um, and teaching them uh, the hygiene of sterilization. Uh, as far as the physical facility of the clinic, we've uh, chalked off two of our isolation rooms and enhanced them with uh, reverse uh, ventilation. Uh, we've broken down all our other exam rooms and sealed them off. We're seeing patients in the parking lot, and um, I think we're doing a good job. I'm very proud of our leadership and our team and our patients who are like our family. I'm yeah. getting emotional, sorry. <laughs> are like our family. We've known many of them for 20 years. Well, just wonderful support offered to the community through the Neighborhood Health Clinic. I encourage our listeners to go to the website, neighborhoodhealthclinic.org. I'm looking right now at the uh, at the webpage, neighborhoodhealthclinic.org. Check it out. Make a contribution if you can. And I'd just like to underscore also St. Matthew's House and the great work they are doing as well. Certainly our time providing... Uh, and. Both agencies, both neither gets government support at all, so it all comes from private giving, 
St. Matthew's House, of course, providing support for the homeless and for those who are uh, food insecure, let's let's call it. So, But uh, right now, this is all about Neighborhood Health Clinic, so support neighborhoodhealthclinic.org. Nancy, genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Bob. Thank you for always being supportive of us. We appreciate that, and stay safe, and happy Easter. You too. Happy Easter to you as well. All right, coming up. Sharon Kenny is the author of Where Should We Eat? She also writes commentary on travel, uh, on dining and entertainment. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For the best in food and drink, as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. As Southwest Florida is impacted by the coronavirus crisis, the organizations that provide relief and support to our community's most vulnerable population are finding their resources stretched. For 32 years, St. Matthew's House has provided food, shelter, and comfort to those struggling with poverty, food insecurity, and homelessness. St. Matthew's House is the only emergency homeless shelter in Cuyahoga County, sheltering more than 300 men, women, and children every night and providing more than 500,000 meals each year to those in need. For those who have shelter but are food insecure, direct assistance is offered through the St. Matthew's House food pantry and grocery distribution. Donations of food, hygiene supplies, detergent, diapers, and monetary support are needed. Curbside drop-off is available at St. Matthew's House Main Thrift Store at 2601 Airport Road, South Naples. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization that does not solicit government funding. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org or call 239-774-0500. That's 774-0500. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And, of course, that's suspended because of the pandemic. But they have a great season lined up for next year. They also have a great education program for kids. You can find out more by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. Right now we have with us Sharon Kenny. Sharon writes commentary on travel, on entertainment, and dining. She also is the author of Where Should We Eat? Sharon, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, good morning, Bob. Good morning, Sharon. I hope you're doing well and healthy. And quarant- I am doing very well and healthy. I, uh, I, I, I suspect that I actually, you know, there are they're saying this coronavirus may have been around a lot longer than we think, and uh, 
My husband and I were in France and Italy over the New Year's, and we both got very, very sick. And we're wondering if we actually uh, got coronavirus back in, in Italy. Yeah, hey, in, maybe. Uh, December, January. Get that checked out because your plasma could be helpful to, <laughs> to a lot. I know. They've got a new antibody test that they're bringing out. So we're looking forward to doing that. I'd like to know if I'd had it. Yeah, exactly. So, Sharon, I mean, there are a couple things I'd like to talk to you about. But one thing is uh, uh, we've got Easter coming up, Easter Sunday. And some people are saying, uh, thinking about they usually would go out. But uh, any tips for us on where we can get good takeout for uh, the uh, Easter holiday? Well, so what I'm finding with a lot of the restaurants um, is that they're not advertising very well. Uh, and that's understandable, you know, with the lack of revenue coming in the door. But um, a lot of restaurants are open for takeout that you don't even realize. Mm -hmm. um, so if there's a favorite restaurant of yours, give them a call and see if they are, ad if they are working. Um, and then a lot of restaurants that I was hoping would be open are not open. So um, Blue Provence, for example, opened just last week. Uh, or this week, I guess. It's still this week. It seems like last week. All right. Um, and they're doing takeout, and so that's always a great choice. Campiello is open. Big shout-out to Ridgeways. Tony Ridgeway, what a great community leader he has been, and he has just been so supportive of the community. That's how I feel about these restaurants. Oh, also Trulia um, and the French with uh, uh, Vincenzo Petulio over there. Um, it's, it's a community service. Um, as much as anything, I, yeah. I believe, for these restaurants to be open. And a lot of them are having uh, Easter specials. Um, I'm actually in Miami uh, working right now. But, um, for example, I had a, I ordered my Friday, uh, my Easter, <laughs> my Friday uh, meal, which is, you know, based around fish. It was four people, uh, including a bottle of wine, an incredible menu at one of our best seafood restaurants here for $100. Wow. Incredible. Great value. Incredible. Yeah, so you have to kind of search these things out because, um, as I said, the, the, they don't want to spend money on advertising. And so unless the restaurants are, you know, getting uh, doing a social media, like Alexander's is also another place that is doing uh, a lot of takeout. For Ab absolutely. Well, ironically, though, we've tried, uh, we're looking at it kind of a different way, which is basically to support our local restaurants. Uh, was our thought, but uh, the the uh, they are providing a community service. First of all, we tried Alexander's; it was great. They, I don't know if they're offering it over Easter, but they have a fifty-five dollar special, two entrees and a bottle of wine. You just can't beat that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing! Yeah, and then. So and then Blue Provence as well. It was started on Tuesday, so we tried that as well. It's just terrific because the food is absolutely just as good as it is in the restaurant. And, of course, you just bring it home and serve it up and have a, a night out in your own home. Well, and you're absolutely right. You're supporting them. They're supporting us. And, um, you know, it's a great community service, but I'm sure hoping that uh, we'll be able to have no return to normal relations here uh, with our restaurants soon enough. Absolutely. Well, uh, before I let you go, I do want to ask you about the uh, cruising business. Uh, the cruise lines are just getting hammered right now. And uh, I don't know if you're aware of how they're doing, whether they're going to continue service, or where do we stand right now? Well, it's hard to say what's going on. with the You know, the cruise business has taken a voluntary pause for 30 days, which has been extended in most cases for another 30 days. Mm -hmm. um, and they, uh, I'm here in Miami, and you see there's, boy, about 25 ships that um, go in and out of the port. They, they sit offshore about three miles, um, and then they take turns coming into Port Miami to get supplies, to get fuel, etc. 
then they go back out again. So there's a constant traffic in and out of Port Miami. It's quite interesting. But um, there's, you know, there's no question that they've taken a hit. And because of the extended nature of these pauses, they're now trying to send their crew uh, home and working with a skeleton crew, which is about 150 to 170 people on each cruise ship, which is normally about 1,000 crew. Yeah. They're working it down to about 150 to 170. But the problem is being getting those crew home because of the airline issue. Um, because yeah, because many of them are living in the Philippines and... Uh, uh, and Indonesia. Indonesia, yeah. So the, cru- the cruise lines are actually having to charter planes huh. in order to get their crew home. Um, and then, you know, and then what they call a warm layup, which is the ships are still active and they're offshore. So the issue is going to be when they start up, how that's going to look, what that's going to look like, whether it's certain um, areas are going to come first. Um, because right now, even if the cruise ships were active, there was nowhere to go. The ports are closed. And so there's nowhere for them to go. So it's it's going to have to be the ports opening first, uh-huh. um, the destinations, before the cruise ships can go anywhere. So then, and also then the cruise ships or cruise lines are going to ha- get their people back, are going to have to get all of those crew back from all of those places. Yeah. And make sure that, you know, everybody's up to speed and healthy and then get started again. But the demand for cruising, especially for certain lines like Carnival, if you go on their social media sites, people want to cruise right now. So you know, the demand is there. Well, you you just described some things I just never even thought about, like taking care of the crew and all that. But uh, based on everything that you know right now, when do you think uh, uh, when do you think there'll be activity, or when do you think cruises will start again? I think the beginning of summer. But so it also relies on when people can be together. When can we start going into movie theaters? When can when will the restaurants start opening up? Mm-hmm. All of those kind of things. Ironically, the cruise industry, um, while they've taken a big hit from this, has also been more prepared than anybody, than hotels, than restaurants, than any other industry, to handle uh, health issues because of Zika, because of MERS, because of all those things that they've had. To, coronavirus right. um, is just one of the things that they've had to deal with. So they have a lot of those health protocols in place already. They're just stepping them up, going to make them even more. Um, and there's there's talk that perhaps, um, you know, they'll be doing whole body scans for your temperature instead of just the temperature on your forehead um, that you may need. If you are a certain age, you may need a doctor's certificate in order to sail. Yeah, so um, Because you're seeing so many of the COVID cases that came on cruise ships were people that were seriously ill, oh. um, you know, seriously immune compromised yeah but they were still cruising so we've got a, a big is we're celebrating our 45th wedding anniversary and uh, we're going on a big cruise on uh, actually flying to rome and going to a number of places in september actually towards the middle to the end of september you think we'll be okay depending on what the ports are doing i would say yes i'm sure you'll be fine uh-huh. <laughs> but you know i i didn't think we'd be in the situation we are now so, it's, it's so exa- you know as long as we can do other things, if you can't, you know, when are the airlines going to get started up again? That's exactly right. I mean, this, this, it's so complicated, and it's like a domino effect in, in, exactly. in one sense. So even just getting the, just getting the uh, crew back is going to be a big task uh, for, these, for these cruise ships. I find this so informative. I really appreciate uh, sharing, again, your time. 
Where Should We Eat is the name of the book. It's not rating restaurants, but what it does is you consider any kind of situation, whether you want to be in a casual restaurant, a romantic situation, uh, you can find it in Where Should We Eat. And, of course, that's after this pandemic is all over. Sharon, I genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to talk to you, Bob, as always. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Stay safe, indeed. You too. All right, coming up. We're going to visit with Dave Bigo. Dave is the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. We're going to do that and more right here on The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of The Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulubee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. Of course, that's after the pandemic passes, but you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Dave Bigo. Dave is the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. He's also the owner of Executive Management Services with over 6,000 employees in over 40 states. And uh, Dave was approached by the uh, leaders of the SEIU union, service union. And he said, uh, Dave, we'd like to unionize your shop, but we'd like to do, have you sign a neutrality agreement. Now, that sounds pretty benign, but it wasn't. It was basically bypassing a secret ballot and allowing, if he signed it, uh, allowing these leaders to go around and sign up, intimidate, talk to uh, his employees, and once they had 50% signed up plus one, voila, he's unionized. Dave said, nope, not going to do that. If you want to unionize my shop, you're going to have to do it through secret ballot. They didn't want to do that. 
and uh, two and a half years of dirty tricks and, and bad behavior began on the part of the SEIU, SEIU union leaders, uh, making uh, attacks, false claims, all types of things towards his employees, towards him, towards, uh, uh, towards his customers. Finally, after two and a half years of resistance, they went away. And Dave wrote a book about it. It's called The Devil at Our Doorstep. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks, Bob. And The Devil at Our Doorstep is, uh, is the perfect title of what's going on right now with the coronavirus in this country. And um, I, uh, I got a kick out of it this morning. Bill Riley actually came out and, uh, and uh, stepped up and said um, that the far left wants chaos and carnage, so Trump loses uh, the election. And uh, that's what this is all about. They're using the same tactics. Uh, and the leftists, you know, part of the left is the unions, the big unions like the SEIU and Soros and other people like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, these are the same type of tactics they used against me and my company and people and customers. And they're doing this um, uh, so that Trump loses the elections here this year. And they're using the same type of tactics when you listen to all the stuff they throw out there and the attacks they make and the things they do. And I encourage people to um, read my book, The Devil at Our Doorstep, because it is truly what the left is trying to do for the future of this country, and it's to bring it down and making it a socialistic, communistic country. Yeah. And they've got to wake up and learn what all this is going on. This isn't true stuff they're throwing out there. And O'Reilly even comes in his comments and says, you know, what they're saying is not true at all. And... Uh, you know, they just throw it out there to bring him down. And this is what this is all about. Yeah. It's just kind of ironic. <laughs> Joe Biden can't complete a sentence. Somehow he's he's going to be the lapdog for the uh, for the Democrat Party, I'm sure, so the Democrat leaders can use him to uh, advance their agenda, which is socialism, socialism here in America. And uh, so he's, he's the institutional guy against, of course, the outsider, which is pr- President Donald Trump. And I think he's doing just an absolutely superb job on a number of fronts. And uh, thank goodness he's in place right now. But you are absolutely right. They're doing whatever they can to bring him down. And yep. if, if it so means all about. if it yep. means uh, destroying the economy. I mean, I listened to Jim Acosta, the CNN guy, in the uh, press briefing uh, yesterday afternoon. He says, Mr. President, how can you possibly open up the economy without testing each and every American to see if they have coronavirus. I mean, that's an impossible hurdle to achieve. And uh, what would be the purpose? It would bring down the economy. And what would that accomplish? It would accomplish uh, defeating President Donald Trump. That's what he has in mind. Yeah, that's what it's all about. You're exactly right. And, uh, you know, and and Biden, um, you know, going back to this coronavirus and the election and, and, um, unions and all that, you know, Biden came out and said, above all, uh, more union members, more unions, more collective bargaining everywhere in America, in the private sector, in the public sector, in the federal government. And this just tells you the unions are behind and controlling the Democratic Party. And uh, they're they're forcing Biden and the rest of them to do this. And, of course, you know, Biden come out and said, you know, Let's let's unite together as Democrats for, with Medicare uh, for all, student debt proposals, and all that kind of stuff. And this is all their tactics. And the American people need to wake the, wake up. I've been through it. I've seen it. I've I've fought it. I beat it. And uh, the American people need to stand up and feed, fight it and beat it also. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course now the. Uh, uh, Democrat Party, when they're talking about stimulus plans, saying we need to spend more money 
uh, to people so they can and get on food stamps and uh, get rid of the work requirements for food stamps. They want people dependent. They want to be able to, uh, first of all, centralize government, have people dependent and docile, have them uh, go to the government trough and eat and get food and get housing you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even if you read my book, they tried to give people, you know, uh, trying to force unionize our employees, say, we'll give you this and we'll give you that and we'll do this for you and all that. And the truth is, at the end of the day, because I've been through this not just with the SEIU but the UAW and that, at the end of the day, um, if they do win, uh, these people don't get anything that they're talking about. Yeah. So, uh, again, it's it's just scary stuff. So, Dave, again, the, the name of the book is The Devil at Our Doorstep. Uh, you can get a copy at on my website, uh, Bob Harden. Uh, dot com. You can buy at a nice discount, by the way. You can, of course, go to the Devil at Our Doorstep. And I encourage you to check out Dave's website, The Devil at Our Doorstep. Also, uh, get a copy at any book purveyor uh, here in the nation. But again, the name of the book is The Devil at Our Doorstep. So, Dave, just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show and sharing this with you. I hope you have a fantastic Easter. Uh, you know, and uh, of course, this is the day of the crucifixion, but uh, the good news comes on Sunday, on Easter Sunday. Genuinely appreciate your support being on the show. Your friendship. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, let me. Can I make two more comments? Uh, of, real quick? of course. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, going back to the unions, uh, the SEIU the union we fought. I don't know if I told you this last week or not, but I wanted to bring it up. You know, they've they've been protesting in San Francisco um, and had people out with masks and bad signs and everything. But also, uh, <clears throat> the left wing uh, labor union SEIU was found hoarding thirty nine million face masks. Oh, you know, I saw that. Unbelievable! Can you believe that? I believe it. I believe it because what they're trying to do is, you know, Trump saying he's trying to get face masks for everybody, but they're hoarding it hoarding it to make him look bad yeah you know and uh the last thing is is uh i'm really a big believer i i think i've told you before that i was initially going to be a doctor and i've got a master's degree in microbiology and uh found an article that uh covid19 has fooled us all and it's all about the hemoglobin being broken down in our blood cells and not allowing oxygen to run throughout our body and um that uh, the, the true cure for it is hydroxychloroquine and uh, we need to get that out there to people. And Trump is right about that, and the American people need to listen to him. You are absolutely right. And, of course, uh, you're not a doctor. They're making claims like that. Actually, one governor deciding, saying, no, you can't have oxychloroquine uh, at all in my state. And, of course, he's reversed himself. But, you know, here, people are obstructionists. They're trying to get in the way of getting through this thing so we can get back to work. That's what we need. Uh, Democrats want to send a check for uh, a few thousand dollars to, to, to people. Well, well, it's better to support the employers, let them continue their job so they can, you know, don't give me a fish, it feeds me every day, teach me how to fish for a lifetime, right? People need yep. to be able to, to sustain themselves, and they can do that through getting back to work. That's the important that, thing. That's right, and building the economy and giving people a chance to move forward and do great things themselves. Absolutely. Dave, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and God bless, and happy Easter to, all you, to you and all your listeners. You as well. Thank you, Dave. Well, that's a wrap here on the show. I do want to end up with us on this Holy Day and weekend. Uh, join us in prayer. These four important points. Uh, the present pandemic may be controlled. Pray for that. Uh, caregivers protected. 
the economy strengthened and life normalized, and our president leaders will be guided and sustained through the crisis and to make good decisions for us. Uh, right now, it's a scary time, and I, what I see, I see our leadership uh, doing and saying the right things. We can only hope that, and pray that that continues. I hope you'll, uh, by the way, always appreciate your comments. I've been receiving a number of emails and comments, so you can send an email to bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. By the way, also I mentioned uh, uh, that I had an advertisement for advertisers. What I've been doing for my advertisers because of their loyalty over the, uh, this period of time for the months of uh, March and April, no charge for advertising on my show. So uh, I just want you to understand that, and that's why you continue to hear the ads. I'm sure they're disappearing right now in, in other areas. Okay, on Monday, uh, we're going to be visiting with Mark Schulman. He is the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We'll be talking about current global events. We'll also very, visit with Larry Reed, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education, and Jim McTagg. Jim is the author of Follow the Leader. His second book is Shake the Money Tree. He's also former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. We'll look forward to talk to uh, Jim McTagg right there in Washington, D.C., I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or, uh, whoops, I've got to change my my uh, thing here, or wherever you are, and Happy Easter. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.